Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The governor's office is not involved in that in that lunch at all, right? So I think that's really important to distinguish. We certainly try to keep as much money in the pockets of uh, residents of Rhode Island uh, because of inflation issues. My understanding is the project is going to be completed. Not pleased with uh, how they spent the money. Uh, so, some of the money hasn't been spent, and I think they need the new leadership down there. Holding the powerful accountable from Washington, D.C. to right here in southern New England. This is 10 News Conference with Gene Valicente. Hi, everybody. Quite a list of topics. A controversial lunch with a lobbyist, the budget, the Tidewater Stadium deal, and reorganizing RIPTA. Just some of the topics for our reporters' roundtable on 10 News Conference. Joining me today, the I-Team's Allison Bologna, Brian Crandall, and Tamara Sikarczyk. Welcome to all of you. We all know each other, so we're comfortable. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get started. We'll get to all of those stories, but first, the one I think we should talk about is the, uh, the alleged scratching of a car in the Garden City parking lot with a key in hand. Senator Miller is accused of doing that, Senator Josh Miller. I broke the story on Friday, but it's got legs. ABC, NBC, CNN, the New York Post, the New York Times. It, it, this is the kind of story that percolates, Allison. Well, it's also, we got body camera video, right? right. Two of him saying, uh, I don't know, not my problem, but yep. it is. It's definitely his problem, and it's making national headlines at this point. Yeah. Not well, the way we want to be known in Rhode Island, but yet again, right? No, and I think the, the denial of doing it, and then later on when right. confronted yep. by the police, changing the story. And again, as Allison said, the Cranston police releasing the body camera video, which they've had a number of incidents recently uh, yeah. with politicians where they've released officer body camera video that's kind of told more of the story. Yeah, what, what struck me too is when he said immediately to police, I'm a state senator. That was one mm -hmm. of the first things that came right. out of his mouth after police approached him about it. Yeah, and then, well, he told the story, the story changed, uh, and it sounded like he admitted uh, to what he had done at the end, at the officers, as the officers recounted, well, why did you scratch his car? Well, he threatened me. Right, he said so, there were gun nuts who were chasing yeah. him, yeah. you know, because he's a state house. senator, but, you know, and it, it's, just fodder for people on the other side who are saying, like, you have it out for us because yeah. you keyed the car because he had a bumper sticker on it that said right, Biden sucks. The Biden thing. All right, quick poll. Uh, does he resign over it, Tammy? Um, I mean, I think it's up to his constituents ultimately. Oh, we but know if that they quick poll. Yes too. or no? We're not the politicians. <laughs> I, would, yeah. I would say the, yes. You keyed somebody's car, you committed a crime. Yes. I say no, he's going to ride it out because others have done the same thing, maybe worse. Allison, what do you same, say? Same, and he's got some momentum at the State House with a couple of bills that people yeah. like. Yeah, I, my guess is he stays. And other lawmakers have had legal problems yeah. as well. Uh, we can look at the Senate That's president years and years ago. Yeah. <laughs> True, but these things tend to stick with you because I know the lawmakers and the stories, and it, it sticks with you. You're not going to shake the story even though you Everybody make it. Everybody remembers, you yeah. even though you stick around. You're right. All right, let's keep going now. You know what they're going to remember about Governor McKee is this crazy story with the Philadelphia developers and the lunch and the executives he sent down there, and then his own problems with the lunch. Uh, a lot of people are reading lunch over here on other people's <laughs> dimes. 
It's pretty salacious, too. Yeah. It's over the top with Michelin star restaurants. It's just a lot. It's embarrassing to the state of Rhode Island, and there's a record of it in emails, and there's witnesses to it, too. So it's a matter but of saying what happened yeah. and why hasn't anything or anybody been held accountable And now it's just yet. something that the same company and situation has so many prongs to it, where right. you have this lunch that goes back to January, the visit by the two high-ranking state officials yeah. in March, and now it's all coming out in May and June. Uh, and now the Rhode Island uh, Republican Party has filed an ethics complaint right. against the governor here at the end of the week uh, in regard to that lunch. All of a lot of money lunch. of an empty building, right. too. Right, and that has the, the new ethics complaint from the Republican Party is over McKee's lunch with lobbyist Jeff Britt and right. uh, the scout executives back in January and who paid for the lunch and how come it wasn't reimbursed and, and what right. Just a quick background, two former state executives go to Philadelphia, talk to the developers of the Cranston Street Armory, they allegedly misbehave, one more than the other. Mm. It gets back to the governor, he apologizes, but then he gets embroiled in this whole thing of his own, Tammy, because he, he had lunch yeah. at, at the Capitol Grill. And I believe his story changed on that, right, Brian? He said something initially, and then he kind of... Well, his, his version, Governor McKee's version with lobbyist Jeff Britt's version, there was a little bit of a discrepancy there. Uh, the, the lunch predates the visit by the two high-ranking right. officials by right. a couple of months, but it surfaced as part of the reporting. I think uh, Kathy Gregg at the Providence Journal had it first when she yeah. talked to the scout executives who were involved, because right. they were the same ones, the same executives who complained about the behavior by the state officials on their visit in March were the ones who had lunch with Governor yeah. McKee back in January. It was called a campaign event, a fundraiser. They, those, each of those executives yeah. on that same day, according to campaign finance records, donated $500 to McKee's campaign, right? They all have lunch. Yeah. McKee says he has to leave early. McKee's campaign says their treasurer, who was also at the lunch, went to the bathroom when the bill came. Right, Lobbyist right, right. Jeff Britt so picks I, up the tab. People supposed have done to be that reimbursed. to me on occasion. All of a sudden, they're not there <laughs> to pick up. They're not there to pick they up. They leave you with the bill? Yeah. You know, but like Allison said, it just looks bad for Rhode Island as yeah. a state in general. All right. Well, Philadelphia was like, what? I, I, it, it was in their front, it was the front page of Philadelphia Inquirer. Right. Right. You know, so it did embarrass us. Mm -hmm. Those two guys are gone. Uh, that whole deal could prove more worrisome for the governor, I think, in terms of the attorney general investigating, uh, rather than this piddly little ethics investigation on the lunch. Even if they get him on the lunch, it's a piddly little fine. Uh, he can't give back the lunch. But the attorney general is investigating this in a larger, in a larger way, and the AG is no friend of the governor's. Not yes. anymore. And, and that has played oh out goodness. awfully publicly. Yes. In, in Twitter and otherwise. Yeah. And it, it seems like on Twitter, every time uh, Governor McKee says something, the Attorney General al always has a response that kind of counteracts exactly what he just said, whether we're talking about yeah. the cold case unit Which or a different topic. Which he just got topic. funding for, despite their right. not yeah. agreeing on everything. But yes, I mean, everybody it, thinks Peter Narona is going to run, right, at some point. Right. He so. says no. I mean, he answers no to that but, all the time, but I don't, he sounds like he's running. Now, I had him on the 10 News Conference last week. Do you know... Uh, he hasn't spoken to the governor since April of last year. It's a which long is, time. Which has to be Twitter. unusual for, you know, an attorney say. general and the governor in any state. Well, to there's not been a number of investigations now. Well, and well, I think well, that Tony Silva yeah. and the ILO and, and now right. there was a kind of dispute over right. Governor McKee says he asked the state police to look into the Philadelphia trip yep. back a couple months ago. And Nerona tweets out, well, I, that, right. I well, didn't I, hear that. Let me ask you this. We've all uh, spoken to the governor. You think he has a thin skin? Because that's what I'm hearing from some people in the media. He's on the outs with a lot of reporters. Uh, you know, if you catch up with him, he'll answer a question. But is he thin-skinned? I think he does 
get upset and you can see him bristle at some of the questions. Yes. So we just asked him again about the lunch again on Wednesday. Yeah. He responded to you. Yeah, and he responds and he says it, but sometimes you can tell. He, he responds, but he also he, asked he you, bristles. where were you on that date? Yeah, so he did, he got last defensive. We, last week when we asked him about the lunch on January 19th, yep. you were right, Tammy, yeah. one of his responses yeah. was, do you remember what you were doing on uh, January 19th? As if it matters yes. where Brian Crandall was on that day. <laughs> well, I, my, my wife told me where I was. I was in Naples, Florida. I got it wrong at first on the radio, but then she corrected me. This is Peter Narone with me last week. On uh, uh, He doesn't speak to the governor. That's it. We are now working with the state police to just see what this is. This could be sort of minor. There's no minor ethics issue, but they may not be things that my office would address and are best addressed by the Ethics Commission, but I'm not in a position to say that affirmatively, uh, definitively right now. You said that it was news to you to find out the state police yeah. were investigating, that the governor had, had referred that email to yeah. the state police. You were not happy about that. We're better when we're brought in early. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen here. Look, I, I cast no blame on the yeah. state police or any, on anybody else, but we're on the same page now, and we'll get to the right place. So you don't think Colonel Weaver owed you a phone call? Would I prefer that to happen? Sure. Okay. But we're on the same page now. Well, Colonel Weaver with the state police, we haven't heard from him since he's... He's been uh, elevated point. to that post. Right. So he keeps a low profile. He keeps a very low profile. It's a little different from Odom. The lowest of the yeah. profiles <laughs> of the state police. Reporters Roundtable, a lot of stories to get to. Each reporter with me has one they want to talk about. Let's begin with you, Tammy Sikarsik. Taxes and tolls. On the mm -hmm. tolls, it has to do with truck tolls. We're still fighting that case. Yeah, so the appeal is actually really just getting started. Uh, the brief that the response to the trucking industry's brief is due today to the appeals court and from there oral arguments will be scheduled so we'll actually see whether they win this or not but I mean from everything I've heard from attorneys they have no shot of winning so far we've already spent 8.4 million dollars on this as taxpayers another 375,000 this year so you can expect that amount to go up 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 and that enrages Rhode Islanders it does because I mean attorneys are saying we can't win this and we're saying well let's go ahead and do it anyways do you think Ramondo's paying attention to this uh I think she's trying to ignore it and forget about it because <laughs> she's down there with a fresh a new life <laughs> She's, she's saying not my problem Washington. anymore. Right. She's and all then, done. And then the other question is, what do you do with the funding that was supposed to come from the tolls yep. to pay for the road repairs? Now, in the end, they say that's not necessarily a huge amount of the money, but, but it's that still was the whole point of bringing the right. tolls in. So that was the argument. Right. We're going right. to use that to pay for roadworks, which is all this major construction that we're still doing. Yeah. Incidentally, right. Judge Smith, who put the decision on roadworks, uh, says he wants to take senior status in 2025, and that will open uh, allow for a rare opening on the. Uh, on the district court in in Providence. So a little footnote there. Allison, you want to talk hospitals, particularly state-run hospitals. Follow this. B-H-D-D-H, yes. Buddha, whatever you want to call it, it's big. Um, I sat down with now Secretary Richard Charest. He was in charge of BHDDH, which is basically like the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. um, it all came through an Ask Allison that came in about the psychiatric hospital, Slater Hospital. He has since restructured it as the director so that we're getting more federal dollars, better care, better morale of the staff. But now he's going one step further. So going back to Governor McKee, they go way back. Yeah. He elevated him, promoted him to secretary. So now he oversees DCYF, Department of Health, in addition to the hospitals. And he's thinking about going back to separating out hospitals, oh. follow, <laughs> from yeah, the Department yeah. of Behavioral Health um, Care. So we're talking about folks with intellectual developmental disabilities being in one side of the government and right. then the other side being hospitals separated out. But he's in charge yep. of $3.5 billion. That's roughly a quarter of our state budget. It's a big position. He's very well respected and he wants to kind of shake things up, break things out and um, do a better job. Yeah, those are the state hospitals. And then on, a couple of weeks ago, I had the, the new heads of 
lifespan and care in New England. There's a, there's a broom sweeping clean with regard to hospitals yes. in this state. Those are two new yes. guys taking over. All right, let's go to but you, no Brent. no more mergers, what we're hearing. Well, they said supposedly we'll not see. not in the immediate future. Right, Maybe right. someday. And the attorney general's against it. So. All right, uh, uh, Brian, you've been covering the CD1. You, have you spoken to all 27 people <laughs> thus far? I'm, what are we up to? 19. I, I haven't. There's, there's two. I think that I haven't spoken to yet. Or right. who? Uh, I've, one I've. Well, they're very we, upset we went back that and you forth. haven't included them. <laughs> well, no, they haven't gotten back to me. But uh, you know, uh, oh, right? We're up to like 16, 18 people yeah. now, right? Uh, and. Well, it depends which ones are real. And yeah, and the, and the declaration period is Thursday and Friday, and so we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, out of the 16, 18 people, it's like I would think there's a handful of legitimate contenders here. It's starting to heat up a little bit. Endorsements are coming in. Some of them are going back and forth. And, you know, you've got Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, uh, Aaron Regenberg, yep. uh, Sandra Cano, uh, Gabe Amo that I would probably put in the top tier. And, it, you know, and the progressives are going after Regenberg, who right. – by all yep. accounts, we would call it progressive, but you know that kind of shows the infighting within the Democratic Party and kind of going over that uh, more liberal side yep. of the party and trying to win that 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 vote. This is the race to replace Congressman Cicilline. Boy, he he opened up uh, like the floodgates when, yeah. when when he left. There's uh, we we don't know. It's 17 or 18. One drops out, another Democrats one jump, jumps in. Correct. Today. Are there two Republicans? Have we, we heard one, one, Repu one, one, one. There was a couple of people yeah. whose names went in that we right. reported on who. Didn't seem a to phantom. Be there's real a phantom, people. but there's a real yeah. person. And that, and that okay. apparently happens. There's no real front runner, though. Is that fair to say? Well, according I mean, to Sabina Matos, her, her poll says she's the front well, runner. Course, yeah. And again, a front runner in this race, if you get 20%, yeah. you know, there's so, so right, much splitting of the vote. And, and, and again, in CD1, you know, the, there's mostly Democratic candidates. It's a heavily Democratic district. So the primary, yeah. by conventional wisdom, could settle a lot of no. things and that's in September. But we were thinking maybe Nellie Gorbea was going to jump back no, in, Alina Folks, and none of that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that it shook out the way it did. Um, there's a lot of people running. I tend to believe that poll, probably Nellie, uh, Sabina. Sabina Matos probably is the front name runner, at least by name recognition. And Regenberg is probably number two. Now Regenberg had a misstep over the weekend, according mm -hmm. to the fellow oh, people the running against story. him. <laughs> now he's Mr. Progressive, Mr. Man of the People, he's defund the police, he's all these things. And he held a fundraiser at Bois Dora, which is a magnificent Newport mansion with the black and white marble when you walk in and the furniture and the Trump Loy murals famous in the dining room. That was, do you think that was a misstep on his part? I mean, we've seen politicians have insanely expensive fundraisers across the aisle. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah. I don't care what you represent when it comes to fundraising for your campaign. People dish out the money, so they completely go against everything they say, and they spend all of this money to have right. these lavish fundraisers and every I, year. And I would think most of the top-end candidates are getting money from, from high-end places. But as mm -hmm. I was mentioning with Regenberg, is that the Perception, other progressives yeah. in the race were angry at him for getting in the race. They claimed, yes. uh, you know, uh, Cynthia Mendez, yep. uh, who ran for lieutenant governor, was going after him a couple months ago, but, you know, claiming it's a white male privilege. Right. Why are you getting in when there's progressive women yeah. uh, of color who are already in the race? And so I think he's been a target uh, for that wing. Well, listen, he is Mr. Uh, tax the rich. Uh, you, you know, this is his Anti area. Anti-corporations. And tax the corporations, and the little guy doesn't get a fair break, and you hold a fundraiser 
in the Newport mansion. He deserves the beating he's getting. Now, whether it was a misstep, incidentally, plenty of Democrats, including all the members of our congressional de uh, delegation, hold fundraisers in Palm Beach and oh, other yeah. swanky places, but they don't knock the rich for having the mansion in Palm Beach. He did, and now he's going to get a beating for it. And we'll see how long, you know, again, some of this stuff plays. It's the end of June. Yep. We've got a summer here, bef again, mm -hmm. before Labor Day weekend uh, and the primary. So we'll see how memories kind of shake out over the next couple of months in a race that, you know, again, I don't know if a lot of the general public is really paying attention you to at this so? point. Oh, well, well, maybe because I live in Pawtucket, everybody's talking about CD1, but it was it, interesting, too, that Don Grebian was not going to yeah. run. There was a well, lot of buzz. People oh, yeah. 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 Shikarchi, Mayor Rivera. That, you know, I think, it, it is the story. It's like, who decided just not to Just everybody's name in. was in there at the yeah, beginning. totally. And, yeah. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We continue with our reporters roundtable. We just asked, we all own a house uh, in different communities. Tammy, you did a story on property reevaluations are going to go up because that, the value of the house has increased and that generally means taxes go up. Square the two? So, I mean, it depends on how much the community cuts the tax rate. So I spoke to Warwick and East Providence this time. And yeah, most people did see at least a couple hundred bucks added to their okay. annual tax bill, but it really depends. South Kingstown last year moved forward with the revaluations when I think five cities and towns paused it. Mm -hmm. And they saw it go up even higher in some cases. I remember I spoke to uh, trailer owners. Yep. There's one up like 100%, which is insanity mm. to think about what's that, what that is going to do to your right. tax bill. Because no matter what the rate is, no matter how much you cut it, that's going to have a significant mm. impact. So the mill rate uh, per thousand, the assessed value, your house is worth more, but then they cut the tax rate, so it only amounts in some, several communities to, a, to right. a couple of hundred dollars. Well, yeah, the home values are skyrocketing. Oh. Just you know, today, yeah. what, Look at how much you can get for your house. The price? problem is, what, what do you buy? Looking online at houses is insane. I found a house in North Situate that's burnt down, basically. Part of it is in shambles, and it's being sold for $400,000. Yeah. <laughs> so, my neighborhood alone, go. home values have gone up, yeah. tripled. Yeah, tripled in just a couple of years. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But and then you sell, and then what do you get, right? Right, so you that's get your where money. everybody is. Inventory is tight. I think there's only like 700 homes for sale in, in all of Rhode Island. Interest rates went up. But if your house is desirable, uh, you, you're still going to get a customer. You, you are. Know, mm -hmm. Somebody from out of state will um, pay whatever you're asking. And you're, you're going to get asking. a customer fast. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to go from housing to the homeless. The homeless mm -hmm. have been uh, it's in, in the news a lot, a lot this year. There's an encampment in... Uh, next to the Da Vinci Center, I think we all know about. It's been there for months and months, and yet these poor people at the Da Vinci Center, which is an organization that helps people, can't get any help. It's falling on deaf ears. The mayor says, well, it's up to the state. Uh, Peter Alvidi at DOT says, well, then move them out, and I'll clean it up. And there seems to be no action on the part of Secretary Pryor, who's the housing czar now, or the governor. So I don't, I don't know what more to say. There's only so much the news media can do. Beat the drum. I know. 
it's not it's not up to us. Right. And uh, right. And just remember, it was a huge story going back to December with the encampment outside the state house and what to do. And then finally moving them to the armory after, you know, telling them they had to leave. Yeah. And then the armory's yeah. back in the news. With <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Everything comes full, full circle. I know. All right. Everything does come full circle, including that soccer stadium. Well, and talking about interest rates. <laughs> in Pawtucket. Well, and it goes back to interest rates and, yeah. and the cost of buying things and doing business. It's, uh, you know, remember the the issue over whether or not they're actually going to go forward with the construction went back a couple months ago when the city of Pawtucket held back on issuing the public right. bonds, the, the, the taxpayer end of the financing, because the interest rates were so high. And then we find out that now the developer is scaling back or pulling back on some of the construction. Right. Uh, at least for a while, because again, there's the there's the financing issue and the cost of doing business, and and they'll claim and that it's the cost money. of any of these yeah. big projects, and you know it's come up with the super project as well. The problem is the scale well. of Tidewater is so big. We're not talking yeah. like a million dollars over budget. We're talking you know five well, six. But, you so the, my question though with all of this is, when we approved all these projects, the ones that have been put on pause or delayed in Rhode Island, this was the past two years or so. We knew interest rates were going to go up. We knew the market this was shaking even before that. And talk of a potential recession. It was an yeah. election year. Yeah. Like politicians right. play, uh, and remember, and you heard it, right? You played the clip at the very beginning of the show yeah. where Governor McKee said it's going to get done. That was in reference they to, still the, stand by to the soccer stadium. Yeah. So they came, the, the soccer team, uh, Rhode Island FC, came out and said they're going to play their first year next year at Bryant right. Right. Mm -hmm. because they know the stadium's not going to be ready. Um, but they, and? I mean, it started construction. So. Well, I the site is happen. cleaned up. I go by it a lot. But also, we have a new Commerce Secretary. Stefan moves to House, and we have Liz Tanner now in Commerce. She gets along great with Mayor Grebian. So we'll see. And this is big for the governor because it's the Blackstone Valley. She says there's a, the uh, developer, the private developer, found his money. Fortuitous raised uh, so private So the, the private developer's right? got his $10 million, whatever he needed to keep going. But, the, but even as we say this, the equipment's pulling out. They, they moved the trucks out. They stopped work over there. All right. Uh, let, let's uh, let's keep going to Providence. That's a city we all spend oh, wait, we time in. We forgot about McCoy's going. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, while we're in Pawtucket, squeeze in McCoy. Say, Go ahead. Final fireworks, huh? Right. It's over, over, over. So the Blue Sox are going strong, and uh, and that's McCoy's what started done. it all, right? That's the, what started the, the whole Paw thing Sox at the time. Out because yeah. of a reluctance to to put in the state capital, we which didn't talk time in the end, I mean, we all go back to this. Looking back at it now, would it have been a better been deal a at the time? Deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rhode Island would not have spent anywhere near as much money in the in the in that deal than what Worcester and the state yeah. of Massachusetts ended up putting in. Right now, right. they try to replace it with a soccer stadium, uh, and again, it was all this reluctance to put in the taxpayer money in the wake of 38 studios. Now right. they claim with Tidewater is that the state money is all on the back end. Like you've got to be done it's before you get. It's a reimbursable as tax right, credits. You've got to spend the money before you get it, but it costs more right. to borrow the money too. When is the finale credits. from McCoy? It is Monday, fireworks? right? Monday. And then folks are able to basically take memorabilia yeah. from there okay. as well. And that might be the site of a new high school. We only have 90 seconds left. Let's go to Providence. By the way, Mayor Smiley invites us all to his fireworks oh, okay. at India Point uh, July 2nd. Uh, he says it's going to be a good time. Mayor Smiley, there's a new sheriff in town. Take 20 seconds. Give me the last word on Mayor Smiley. He's not taking any guff from anybody. Well, he said, I'm the mayor, and now that's it. Right. He caught some flack over making changes to PBD Fest, you yes. know, trying to, what he says, make it more family-friendly with uh, less alcohol and, and whatnot. And we were just talking, which, which one is better? Do you, do you let people drink on the streets and, and have more fun, or do you say, like, we need to scale back a little bit and, and, and have it's a families? compromise. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
Have you have you been to PBD Fest? You know, I haven't been, but I've seen enough Instagram videos <laughs> pop up from okay. PBD Fest where if you look at it, you know, things do get messy what down I, there. And they're still saying you can drink, just you're also supporting yeah. restaurants they're while you're drinking. They're also changing where it is. They're moving it from right. right downtown over to the river. But also, he's unapologetic, is he not? No, he's not. He's uh, like, this is the deal, this is the rule, we're enforcing it along done. with parks too. I've got to enforce the time limit, that's okay. it, we're out of time. The mayor says the parks close at 9 o'clock and the no change in that. PBD Fest that's being moved, no change in that. If you want to have a block party, get a permit. All right. Uh, to be continued, thanks to all of you for coming in.